Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Hello there, Glenn. What's up, Mikey? It's great to be in the coffee shop with you again and you know, again and again. You know, it's great to be in the coffee shop. I love, you know, one thing struck me this week. We uh, we get a lot of feedback uh, thanks to your work on social media and emails. Oh, that and, kind of feedback. I thought you meant like reverberation or whatever oh, the yeah. word is. Feel, like, Jimmy, like Jimmy Hendrix <laughs> yeah, on a reverb. guitar. Yeah, exactly. right. Uh, okay, you're talking about that kind of feedback. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but we get some really good stuff, and and uh, you know what really struck me this week? I feel, and we haven't developed it, right? But I feel like we're a bit of a community, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we get uh, what would you say? Maybe th- I don't know, half a dozen messages. How how many messages? We get messages, you know, they'll go in leap, leaps and bounds, but but we get. I feel like we have a community here, but we're like a disparate because we don't really get together at one time. But I guess we do. It's just whenever, you know, the listener decides to pop on. Yeah, that's interesting. It's um, in in many ways, it seems like it's a one way community or relationship. But it's right? not. Well, we're we're putting it out there, right? Right. Um, yeah, we we were at a picnic recently this past summer where somebody traveled. Just, just to say hi, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, like I thought that was cool, you know. And uh, no, we we do have email. Our our show's uh, email is podcast at sober coffee. No, that's not sober coffee dot com. No, uh, no, no. We're I, cooler than we, that. Yeah, I hope we're way past that. Yeah, we're cooler than that. Sober coffee, and um, and we love hearing from folks. Um, you know, and and they're all over the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm amazed at how people across this world listen to us. Right, right. The other, the other thing I might encourage listeners to do is on the website, sober.coffee, is uh, an email. You can leave your email address and uh, for a newsletter, which we've never sent anything out, but um, <laughs> but we got people but it, that are, but it's but man, there. sign up for it, man, because just it. in case. Yeah, at least you know you're not going to get inundated with stuff from me. <laughs> that's um, awesome. I know, that's awesome. But, uh, but, you know, speaking of community, I have a guest with us today, and I'm super, oh, exci- yeah, super excited to have Danny with us. Um, Danny is with uh, Aspen Ridge Recovery out in Colorado, and... Uh, you know, we came across him as as uh, one of our listening partners, and they listen to us, and they they're doing some really really cool stuff out there. And we started talking about how we might be able to utilize Danny's experience and background in this kind of in recovery. And we thought, wow, we don't know where it's going to go, but let's get this guy on. Um, you know, now it was hard getting him on because, you know, he's like a new father and stuff like that. So he's got feedings and diaper changing. Come and, on, Danny. Where's your priorities? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but but we we cornered him at a late hour and in, in, live from Colorado. So, hey, Danny, welcome. Thank yeah, you. Welcome, Thank you, brother. guys. I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation with you guys tonight. Yeah, I really appreciate you here. Um, so if, if you get a chance, you know, I'll... I'll you know, and, and Aspen Ridge isn't sponsoring us, but go check out their website. And, and you know, I have some, I have some conversation starters that I kind of pulled from their 
website that really jumped out at me. Um, your founder talks about three elements of recovery uh, that that uh, he finds very that they find very important, and that's heart, community, and therapy. Um, what's your take on that, Danny? Um, well, how important are those elements to recovery? Well, so I'd be a pretty bad therapist if I didn't say therapy was a <laughs> key element to recovery. Right, um, right. So I'll, I'll shamelessly put that plug in that obviously I'm a big believer in the therapeutic process. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like I'd even broaden what he says, honestly, that, right? Mm-hmm. If we're talking about art, community, and therapy, mm-hmm. and I think those are just three great things for humans to engage in. I'm not saying like all humans should be in therapy mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. but I think that... Uh, I think the human condition is one that wants to improve itself. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's so much of what recovery is about as well, is we look at where we are in a point in place in time. And right, we, we hear the term very regularly in recovery of my rock bottom, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, how do I progress mm-hmm. from there? How do I grow? How do I evolve? And I think that um, one, that heart, right? In terms of what, what's your drive? What are your motivators? External as well as uh, obviously the importance of that internal motivator for Mm -hmm. you. Um, And in terms of community, we're social creatures. Mm -hmm. And and as much then like introverts will try to fight me on this all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't care how introverted you are. You are a social creature. You might need your recharge time and I respect that and everything like that. But we need to acknowledge that um, we do our best work in community. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that a ton. Um, I'm going to park on therapy for a second because I went to therapists and I'm going to argue it was a tragic experience. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on for the really? uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Guess what? I wasn't honest with them until until I went to a therapist that I was really honest with. <laughs> of course, you weren't. Uh, I'm like, wow, this therapist is fantastic, <laughs> and they were probably no better than the other ones that I had, but. But I was honest, and, and I went in with, with, with defined goals. I said, Here, here's the thing. I'm going to be as honest as all out with you. Your job, then, is to uncover, help me through, process, so I don't ever drink or drug again. That's our relationship. So I'm going to say mm-hmm. things to you. If you think that's going to be an element that's going to lead me back to drink or drug, that's your job to unpack it, reprocess it, pack it back up, put it away or deal with it or whatever you're going to tell me to whatever video you're going to tell me to watch. It was a beautiful experience. I am now a big evangelist of therapists. If you're honest. And I, I'd have to agree, right. I tell clients all the time that like, if you're coming to me to be a lie detector, <laughs> wrong, it's the wrong intention. That. It's like absolutely the wrong intention. I don't perform any better than the average human in terms of detecting lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but if you uh, come to me with what you want to work with, um, then we could do some really awesome work together. And I think like you hit the nail on the head, Mike, with the idea of like, really treatment should be a collaborative effort. Like someone shouldn't be coming to me and me telling them, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way to have someone shut down. Mm-hmm. Um but a great way to have that therapeutic process to go is what does success look like for you? Like when you see like, Hey, I'm, I'm living the recovery that I want to live. I'm living the life that I want to live. What does mm-hmm. that look like? And once we start identifying their goal and their picture of what that life looks like, really amazing stuff starts oh, happening. 
I'm, I'm, and getting, so, I'm getting goosebumps. Glenn and I were talking about this this morning. We were talking about, you know, there's the old exercise. I don't know if it's old or Glenn's idea, but I'm going to assume it's old. Uh, is is that, you know, to write your eulogy. You know, what does your eulogy <clears throat> look like? And it, I that, made that up. That, thank you, Glenn. That, that, <laughs> that, I mean, that gives you a, a bit of a roadmap of w- w- what you'd like it to be. Yeah, what, what what we're trying to do, Danny, is is just you know just some some more concrete action steps, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about legacy, you know, and and you know, I've been to some funerals lately, and it gets you thinking about legacy, right? Like, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I want to leave? I've never really thought of that before in my life, um, probably because a I was younger and and you know, I thought I was going to live forever, or 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 b I was embarrassed. You know, and 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 mm-hmm. I was ashamed of what people would say if I had passed away. <clears throat> and um, so, what, what what I was saying, I said, you know, hey, a great exercise would be, you know, before you start working on the tools, write a starting eulogy, as if today, and then, you know, work through some steps, build some stuff. What do you want your legacy to be? Write an end, you know, write an ending eulogy, and then what's the gap? What am I missing, and what do I need to work on? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I love, I, I love the therapy part of this. Therapy is always, right. I mean, my 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 therapist, I call him my my coach. Man, he is he is full of tools. He just helps me read the label on my own jar, man, because it's hard for me to read sometimes. And he has helped me in so many ways. I love it. Yeah. So, so you know, you guys are, is it safe to say treatment center or a treatment solution? Yeah, what you call yeah it? treatment okay. centers. Wait, wait, so totally that's the one to treatment center. center in America that I have not been to? <laughs> <laughs> We're the one. <laughs> There's, I'm not coming. He's not you don't need it, Glenn. Yeah, yeah I'm I, not coming. I, I don't want him there. <laughs> I'm done with that. So, so I love this, and I, I hope I wasn't taking us off track with the writing the eulogy because that's what I heard you say. It's it's a matter of being involved in your life and developing a plan that gets you kind of where you want to be in that collaborative effort, and that all happens in the right kind of treatment environment, the right kind of treatment center environment. But how do I know? Is that too extreme for me? How do I know that I'm a good candidate for treatment? So, I mean, I think the first thing is for anyone who's sitting there asking themselves, like, do I have an issue with substances? Mm-hmm. That's that's a clue. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you are asking that question, once, like, there is a difference between uh, what we know and understand about addiction and what happens in the brain there and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is a difference, but... We live like substance abuse could be equally dangerous, sure. um, right? Like, I mean, in, in our world with fentanyl. Um, oh, it's like, terrible right now. It's yeah, terrible, it, absolutely terrible. Exactly. So, I mean, we know that all of this is lining up for like people's lives, not to be dramatic, mm-hmm. can absolutely be in danger. And so, if you're asking yourself the question, is treatment right for me? Do I have an issue with substances? My biggest suggestion would be go talk to someone. Right. Right. Talk like we, t- especially when we are in an active use cycle, whether mm-hmm. that be on substance abuse mm-hmm. or in active addiction, mm-hmm. our brains are going. We are creatures of phenomenal adaptation, and sometimes that's to our detriment. Mm-hmm. And so our brain isn't actually great at answering that question for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so getting that opportunity, um, like Glenn was saying, of like, hey, 
help me read the label. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not necessarily going to be clear. Your brain is going to start rationalizing things. It's Mm -hmm. going to start doing things like, okay, well, if I have a substance use issue, that means that everyone I'm surrounded by has a substance use issue. So, so like, how could I really have it? And that's really not the best determining factor. One, very possible. Like maybe they all do have substance use issues Mm -hmm. for people that are around you. And two, it might not have the same impact, right? We're not mm-hmm. all the same. So how one person uses it, it really, we can't just compare like that. Right. And so my thought is if you're having that question, go talk to someone. I'm ideally a professional, but even if it's like, you know what, I don't really feel comfortable talking to a professional yet. Find that person in your life that you trust. And when I say trust, not that you trust to tell you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. but that you trust to tell you whatever you need to hear. Right. You know, yeah. I have, sometimes those people are hard to find. They are hard to find. I had a doctor. The fr- the first thing I did, um, I'm told the first one of the first things we did when I realized that when I'd given up, I'd surrendered. I'd hit rock that rock bottom you talk about, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was there. And my wife said, "Well, we'll go talk to the doctor." And he's like, well, I, "I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. I guess treatment would be okay for you." I mean, I was killing myself. I was physically, emotionally, mentally, but physically killing myself. I was in a bad place. And so that wasn't the person. But now I have a doctor. Oh, by the way, I'm really honest with him. So when he mm-hmm. says, how much do you drink? It wasn't a social drinker. No, I drank this. You know, I, this is what I, you know, so. Well, and like you bring up a great point, Mike, in the sense that, um, the last that I looked, there is a very, very drastic lack of addiction medicine training mm-hmm. amongst medical professionals. And it, like, and, and it's definitely needed because um, it's a huge, huge thing. Like um, having medical professionals, having good understanding of this is critical, honestly. Um, and that's why I'm when people do seek out that professional support. Um, and like this will vary state by state. Mm-hmm. Um but finding those therapists, like in Colorado, it's called a licensed addictions counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who start, who have this specialty in terms of like, okay, like this person really focuses and has devoted um, time to achieve mastery right. in this specific field. right. And so like you could start narrowing it down by that and like, once again, people are just in different places at different times. I mean, right. Even if it's going and checking out a meeting. Right. Um, you know, be surrounded by people who are either in successful recovery or maybe it's their first time and they're right. trying to figure this all out as well. Right. Um, but going to a meeting and. And, you know, Danny, there's make- there's really no excuse. I mean, we got this thing. It's probably just a fad, but it's called Google. And yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable what you can find on this right now. You you know, it'll be gone tomorrow. But, you know, it's, it's amazing what you can find. And like you said, you can narrow it down. Um, I found a therapist that that treated my mental as well my as well as my abusive uh, addiction history as a dual as a dual therapist they they were experiencing both of them. so it was almost like it was custom made for me and that only took me a couple search filters through google to find a dozen of them in my area i mean there's really no excuse for not finding a good therapist or or a good treatment option or road to recovery for yourself yeah and like there's a lot of options out there and psychology is a great site for narrowing that down too. What is? 
Psychology Today. Okay. That's a good um, one. Okay. It, I'll put that in the resource room. It does a very room. effective job with air filters. Okay. Excellent. So I love this. I don't know where I found it, why I'm asking the question, but is abstinence really the only option or is there help to control, help and control drinking? Okay. So I, when you saw this, I was like, okay, is there help to control drinking or like, is, yeah, are we asking it, if there's it, help or if there's hope? Yes. Well, oh, wow. I like that. Let's unpack both of those. Um, is there help? Um, so the, there are harm reductive models out there um, mm-hmm. that people do engage with. Mm-hmm. Um, in ter- so like in terms of like if someone's asking the question, is there help out there for someone who's not going to tell me to stop drinking? Mm-hmm. Like I would be a liar if I said no. Mm-hmm. Um, there is help for that. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of... Can you give me their there, phone number? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, and like... Does that work? Um, so, this is where I, people want it to be a really simple answer, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So, if people and everyone everyone who may be struggling with addiction right now, what I'm about to say is they're going to... Their brain's going to be like, well, then I want to be a substance abuser. I don't mm-hmm. want to be someone struggling with addiction. I want to be a substance abuser. Mm-hmm. People who abuse substances, depending on what's going on with their brain chemistry, which once again, it's not like we could just scan it and like know exactly mm-hmm. like that's not happening regularly at treatment centers. Mm-hmm. Um, but so um, someone may, who's like, you know, oh, like maybe we, there's a college student who's going and binge drinking on the weekends mm-hmm. and is, um, out of control with that mm-hmm. um, and makes really, really dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like, can that person go back? Potentially. Potentially. Um, in terms of addiction and what we know about addiction, I want to say the latest numbers that I looked at were somewhere between three and 5% in terms of success rate for someone who wants to control mm-hmm. um, their use. Um, and so my words to people are like, is that really what you want to gamble? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, right. You, you've, you've come this far. Mm-hmm. You, you've come to say, okay, this is a help that I need. I'm looking and we're talking about the ways in which this has been destructive in my life. Mm-hmm. And so generally the people who want to go back to it, what I first ask them is I don't tell like, cause they're, they start thinking about the rest of their lives. And I'm like, yeah, that's much too much time. Mm-hmm. We're not going to think about the rest of your life right now. What I'm going to ask from you is can you commit with me that we're going to go three months sober? Mm. And then we're like, let's use that. And like, regardless of what you think you are in terms of like, I struggle with addiction versus I'm a substance abuser, mm-hmm. regardless of where you fall on this spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, one, if you're like, I can't go three months without using, then <laughs> pretty indicative of a problem. Absolutely. Um, right, right. Right. So that's actually really good feedback right then and there. Um, two, what we start finding is people start experiencing quality of life improvements mm-hmm. by being sober. And then we could get ourselves into a cost benefit analysis of like, okay, so let's see when you were using, this is what your life looks mm-hmm. like. When you're not using, this is what your life looks like. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not, I can't predict what your future is going to look like in terms of what you choose to do. But, next. I, but I like the trajectory. Yeah, exactly. And so really, like, I don't get to control you. You tell me which path of life you're enjoying. That's that learning Um, and growing together thing right there. Exactly. Um, Because ultimately, like, you guys, 
probably know better than me. Like recovery does need to be your choice. Right. Um, I can't force, I like, if I could, oh man, I totally would. I would, I would totally take away free will. I'd be like, all right, I, I'll do this. <laughs> um, but I can't, I right. can't will it upon somebody. Right. Right. And so, um, so by allowing people to see these differences in their lives, um, they come to the conclusion mm-hmm. of it's not really feeling like it's worth the risk. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I love, I love the 90 day thing because th- that was probably the one pivot that concerned me the most. How am I possibly going to do this for the rest of my life? Is short as that may be, or as long as it may be, I couldn't imagine life without abuse, you know, or without yes. substance intake. I, I couldn't imagine it. And and so the program I bought into told me, just worry about today, just get through today. And now all of a sudden I got these days piled up and I like, I don't even think about it. I mean, occasionally I'll think about it because it's habit and, and it's thrown mm-hmm. in my face socially, you know, that mm-hmm. it's all acceptable and that's, it's the answer to a good time. But um, yeah, it's, I, I love that. Just taking it, taking a chunk, taking a 90 day chunk. So I think you answer, I think you'd answer that one really good. Um, and I, I do, I'm sorry. I just want to no, throw out one yeah. more thing for any listeners out there. Um, I, Cause I do research this stuff all the time. Right. Time and time again, when I do look at it, harm reductive models do not perform as well in terms of quality of life improvement as abstinence. And that's what the research says. Right. So like, not my opinion. I just think people should know that when they make their Yeah. Well, and and hence the reason you're on the podcast today, you know, you're a trained, you know, recovering therapist or what, what is your title anyway? I'm the clinical director. Okay. So, you know, and I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a clinical director of even my own life. Um, so, you know, it's good to have you on because because th- this is a combination and a culmination of research and data and experience. And I just I just felt it was really good when, you know, when when we uncovered kind of what you guys got going on out there. Um, I, I thought it was really worthwhile to get somebody on who who could do that. So, so you guys primarily though are just uh, servicing Colorado. You do some virtual stuff, but. You're pretty much Colorado, right? Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yes. Okay. So I would be, and just in case we cut, get our time cut short, and I know Glenn's got some stuff, but how does somebody get a hold of Aspen Ridge? So you talked about it earlier, Google's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, right? And so um, you could easily find our number by just typing it in. There's going to be multiple options. Um, and so we have... I believe three admissions reps right now, all of whom are in recovery. Great, great guys to talk awesome. to and just like <clears throat> talk about things with, and they'll help navigate that process with you and really make it a human experience. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, do you have virtual? You have in, you have in inpatient, right? Or you have the the normal? I, I'm not even sure if it's normal anymore, but you have inpatient treatment. Oh, uh, so do you mean in person? In person, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're doing in-person services. We don't have like a residential treatment though. That's that's okay. So so you don't have a twenty day. It's it's you have the IOP type of thing. Yeah. So we have we have our PHP, we have IOP, and we have OP. Okay. And an alumni program, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, I love the alumni programs. That's great. And and do you guys do the twelve steps? Uh, so 
we absolutely talk about the 12 steps. Like, mm-hmm. how could you not? They're, they're so successful so, for so many people. And um, we also acknowledge that like the 12 steps aren't for everyone. So mm-hmm. we pitch all of them. We pitch, right. or I, hard to say all of them because there's so many, but we right. do pitch 12 steps. We pitch recovery Dharma. We pitch smart recovery. We talk about Phoenix multi-sport. Um, there's celebrate recovery out there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Really, um, we want to make sure that people know that like for how different they may feel, or how unique they may feel, or how alone they may feel, whatever that may be, there's probably a recovery group out there that um, that resonates with them. Yeah, that's what we've, I mean, our motto is pro-sobriety, right? I mean, Mikey mm-hmm. and I went through the 12 steps, we're in the 12 steps, we've benefited from the 12 steps. But the one thing I want to point out about, you know, abstinence, is there was a period of time, <clears throat> probably 2000, before my first rehab in 2003, I went five months without having a drink. And so I abstained. I changed nothing else in my life. And I got zero benefit out of abstaining because mm-hmm. I was still an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, I still had all the other attributes. And what I really liked about counseling and therapy, working with my coach, the 12 step program is they help me understand characteristics. I'm trying to find the right technical mm-hmm. treatment words. Um, the, the the characteristics of what I was doing and how I was living and, and help me change mm-hmm. to where, you know, I, I don't I don't live a life that I need, need to escape from mm-hmm. like I used to back then. And for those five months, I just grinned and bear it. And yeah, I was proud of myself, but I nothing else changed. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. really a combination of the therapy, treatment, groups. For for me, for us, the 12 Mm -hmm. steps really helped Mm -hmm. change how I thought and looked at life. And then, you know, I found less and less over time, hey, I don't have the obsession to drink because I don't need to. I got tools now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. It just speaks so much to, uh, right... Um, there's been tons of studies with like rats, right? There's like rat park. Is the rat park. I study. love the rat park. Yeah. Right. So like, I learned I'm, a like, lot from that. It's an amazing study. And what we learn is like, oh yeah, if we change our environment, that matters. And like part of changing our environment is also part of how we interact with our environment. And so, yeah, like, um, we hear it all the time with like the white knuckling of sobriety or, um, the term dry drunk. Oh, that's painful. Like, that's just painful. Right? What I learned about the rat park that supports AA bowling. <laughs> That's a business case for AA bowling. Oh, Go to AA bowling. Oh, Jiminy. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. And that we got this great polished professional on the, and then you bring it back to AA bowling. I know. I'm sorry, man. But man. I love the yeah, rat park. I, I've learned a lot from the rat park. Yeah. It's a great study. Yeah. yeah. Danny, thank you so much. Anything you want to leave our listeners with? And I, I think more so than anything is, um, and so recovery is obviously complicated. And really, there's a great Russell Brand quote that I'm going to get wrong, but um, he says something along the lines roughly of, there are many different paths to recovery as there are different types of addicts. Mm-hmm. And so recovery doesn't need to look the same as what you're seeing from every person. And so I love wherever, that. wherever you get some treatment, whomever you uh, seek out to support you through your process, um, 
know that like it does like focus on what works. There's a lot of wisdom that people can share with you in terms of what has worked for them. And also know that it is simultaneous, simultaneously an individualized process. Um, and there's hope for you. I love that. Oh, that's great, man. I love that. Thanks, Danny. Danny. Danny, thank you so much from Aspen Ridge Recovery. We thank you so much. Come on again sometime. I'd love to. All right, I'd love to. I really enjoyed this. Hey, enjoy, right. enjoy that baby. I'll, I'll try to get some sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. See All you, right. Danny. Thanks. Take care, Danny. Have a good one. See you, Glenn. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.